0: It is Sunday, February 5th, 2012. This is U62 The Targ. Let's get it started in here.
1: As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears. Right about
0: now. Why, what a little tiny microchip. Even... I electronics, broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Mark! 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 Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Capas. On this week's show, we're reminiscing about Condor Man, figuring out how to end trilogies, and rebooting Batman. It's episode 5.11, Condor Bat. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62, the Targ. You're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. You caught me on a Sunday morning, very, very relaxed. I'm in my big old easy chair here. I'm in my bathrobe. I'm in my jammies. I'm all kicked back, just relaxed. Ah, I hope you're finding your Sunday morning just as relaxing. Now, as I recall, we left last week's episode on a bit of a cliffhanger. I said I was going to tell you all about the Disney classic Condor Man. I tell you, I loved that film when I was a kid. I've been looking up clips of it online and it's just as awesome as I remember. It was essentially Disney's attempt at doing a superhero film slash James Bond spoof. It was about this comic book writer, right? And uh, his best friend is a CIA agent. And because it's the early 80s, still the Cold War going on, uh, he's hired to do a paper exchange with uh, a Russian spy. Because one of the Russian conditions is you have to do it with civilians. So he goes behind the Iron Curtain to do this paper exchange. And because he's... Uh, Comic book writer, highly creative sort, he starts telling the beautiful, gorgeous Russian spy that he has to meet such wild tales as his adventures as a superhero slash spy with the code name Condor Man, and then of course uh, later on in the film, our uh, Russian spy decides to defect to the West, and she says only Condor Men can help her, so the CIA forced to hire this comic book artist and turn him into a super spy and he says the only way I'm gonna do it is if you go through my comic books here and build me all the spy gadgets that my number one superhero condor man has and then it turns into this gigantic James Bond spoof and You know, the more I think about it, the more it has the classic Disney animated film formula. Well, animated films in general. You know, here we have our hero who spins this wild, outrageous lie in order to get the girl, and then he has to keep lying and keep lying in order to keep her interest. You know, it's kind of like Aladdin, only it's the CIA instead of the genie outfitting him with all his spy gadgets. So yeah, I hadn't thought about that movie in ages, but then, as I mentioned on last week's show, they made a joke about Condor Man in Small Fry, the Toy Story animated short in front of uh, the new Muppet movie. There I am watching it, and the joke behind the film is Buzz Lightyear gets left behind at a fast food restaurant. And in the uh, back of this fast food restaurant, there's a support group for all the kids' meal toys that have never been bought and are coming to terms with the fact that they will never be played with. So you see all these Happy Meal toys. Then the leader of the support group says, How about you, Condor Man? Do you have anything to say? Now at first you're probably thinking, Oh yeah, Condor Man, fairly generic name for a superhero. That's probably why they went with that. But no. It was an actual Condor Man fast food toy. He was all done up in the Condor Man costume from the film. He was driving the little car from the film. It was. Awesome! Apparently Condor Man has built up some kind of massive cult following over the years. Apparently back in 2009, uh, when Marvel bought, uh, Disney, no, Disney bought Marvel, that's how that worked. Apparently one of the Marvel artists went, hey, you know what? I'm a big Condor Man fan. I'm gonna see now if I can bring Condor Man into the Marvel universe. So there you go. There's still love out there for Condor Man. And who knows, in this day and age with uh, gritty reboots and prequels and remakes and all that, we just might get a Condor Man remake. Someday in the future. Well, I'm about rambled out when it comes to Condor Man. Let's get to some music now, shall we? Here's the Pepini Sisters on the targe.
1: to me, tennis don't even need
0: The Papini Sisters with their rendition of Beyonce's Crazy in Love here on U62 The Targ. Good morning, Mark Kapp still here with you. Yeah, the Papini Sisters. They performed with Michael Buble on his Christmas album. And when I saw them on the Michael Buble Christmas special, I instantly fell in love with them. Started seeking out lots of their stuff online. And yeah, they are really, really good. They're just, ah, so awesome. Retro. Coolness. Uh but yeah I'm still you know with the uh, Condor Man there and just reflecting more on superheroes we got to admit you know one of the most anticipated superhero films for the summer of 2012 has got to be The Dark Knight Rises oh man, I'm a Batman geek, really looking forward to it. I really like that they chose Bane and Catwoman for the villains because Catwoman screwed over in her own movie. Bane screwed over in Batman and Robin. So here's hoping that finally Christopher Nolan can get them right. But as many online have pointed out, you know it's really interesting with uh, The Dark Knight Rises because finally the filmmaker who started a trilogy is going to get to see a superhero trilogy to the end the way he envisioned it. We haven't seen that done in quite some time. For example, the X-Men movies. You know, Brian Singer, he made X-Men, he made X2. Then he got into a pissing match with the uh, studio execs there at 20th Century Fox and got fired from X-Men 3. So they had to bring in different people to finish out the X-Men trilogy. So we never got to see how Brian Singer was going to end the cliffhanger in X2. You know, he did, uh, kind of drop some hints at a few comic book conventions. Uh, basically, much like we saw in X-Men 3, uh, they were gonna go back to the original comic book origins of the Phoenix. And that is, it's not, uh, some alien entity. It is quite simply Jean Grey unlocked to her full potential. So we were gonna see that. And, uh, Professor Xavier was gonna bring in his old colleague, Emma Frost in order to help him deal with the Phoenix. Again, kind of like what we saw in First Class there, it was going to be shown that uh, Emma Frost was one of the original founding members of Professor Charles Xavier's School for the Gifted, alongside Magneto there. But, you know, she fell in with a bad crowd, a.k.a. the Hellfire Club, and went her own way. And in order to get a similarly aged to Patrick Stewart uh, actress for uh, Emma Frost, Brian Singer wanted to go with Sigourney Weaver, so that would have been pretty cool, but again, we never got to see that. Same kind of thing happened with Spider-Man 3, too. I've ranted and blogged about this quite a bit. Sam Raimi never got to make Spider-Man 3 the way he wanted to. For his Spider-Man 3, the villains were originally going to be Sandman and the Vulture. Doesn't that make so much more sense? I mean, they always got a lot of crap for how out there Sandman's origin seemed in Spider-Man 3. You know, he just happened to trip and fall into the particle accelerator and become the Sandman. Very lame. But if the Vulture was going to be the other villain, you know, billionaire industrialist Adrian Toomes, you could see him creating the Sandman through some kind of... Bizarre experiment to create a henchman for himself. It would have been so awesome. But no, Marvel Studios stepped in and said, Raimi, what the hell are you doing? Get your head out of the Silver Age. The kids like Venom. You gotta have Venom for the villain. So they replaced uh, Vulture with Venom and just, we got the Spider-Man 3 then. So it would have been neat to see sp- uh, Sam Raimi's original Spider-Man 3 screenplay before Marvel got all, ooh, we gotta see Venom in there, so, yeah. But anyways, we were talking about the Dark Knight Rises, and this is gonna be the end of the Batman trilogy, but you just know, about five years down the road or something like that, they're gonna wanna reboot Batman. I got an idea for how to reboot the Batman franchise, and I'll tell you my idea after the break. Everything better with Mark Kappas. Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who are through the roof. Mark Kappas on U62 The tart. The opening theme to Star Trek IV The Voyage Home here on U62 The Targ. Good morning, Mark Kappa still here with ya. Yeah I mentioned a few episodes ago I got my complete uncut soundtrack for Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. The opening theme there, it gets a lot of shit from Trekkies for being the most un-Star Trek sounding like Star Trek theme, but you know I've always been pretty fond of it. Now before we had our little Star Trek break there, I was chatting. I was gonna tell you that I had my own brilliant idea for how to reboot Batman once Christopher Nolan's trilogy is done. You know, Joel Schumacher gets a lot of shit for uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. But I remember in one of the promotional interviews for Batman Forever, he said something about Batman that always resonated with me. He was asked one of the top questions, You know, you finally brought Robin into it. Why did you think it was time to bring in Robin? And Joel Schumacher said, Robin has become an integral part of the Batman mythos. He had to be acknowledged eventually. And I agree with that. So I say when it comes time to reboot the Batman franchise, don't make a Batman movie, make a Robin movie. Make it all about Robin. You know, you can kind of use the Star Wars prequels as your guide, with Robin being Anakin Skywalker and Batman being Obi-Wan Kenobi. And instead of the trilogy ending with him becoming evil, he goes his own way and becomes Nightwing. That's how I would do it. I think there's an interesting role there to see uh, Batman training his successors. And yeah, you know, Batman would pretty much be a supporting character because it would all be Robin's coming-of-age thing and him learning to be a superhero and coming to terms with his parents' death. So yeah, when it comes time to do a new Batman trilogy, don't make a Batman movie, make a Robin movie. Or at least that's this little fanboy's musing. And there's my notes from the comic book shop for today. But you know what? I think I'm about all babbled out here, so I will bring this to an end. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been The Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Capis under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The target is a chaos in a box production. <laughs>
1: Let's go home!